all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Good morning and welcome to Southern Remedy. You're listening to Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today's show is all about fitness and how to make it fit in your busy life. I have two guests, Gaitlin Zachary from the University Wellness Centers and Dr. Leisha Lee, Assistant Professor of Nursing at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Do you want to make a healthy lifestyle change but unsure how to start? Have you made that change and want to share your story? We want to hear from you today. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions says he wants to give public testimony to the Senate Intelligence Committee. NPR's Carrie Johnson reports there had been some back and forth over Sessions' appearance tomorrow on Capitol Hill. A Justice Department spokeswoman says the attorney general believes it's important for people to hear the truth directly from him. She says Sessions looks forward to answering questions from the Senate Intelligence Committee. Lawmakers want to ask the attorney general whether he had more undisclosed meetings with the Russian ambassador last year. They also want to know why he allegedly failed to act when former FBI Director James Comey complained about pressure from President Trump. The congressional testimony could be high stakes for Sessions, who spent 20 years in the Senate. Democrats Patrick Leahy of Vermont and Al Franken of Minnesota have accused the attorney general of giving misleading testimony about Russia during his confirmation hearing. Carrie Johnson, NPR News, Washington. Thousands of people are taking part in anti-corruption protests across Russia today. At least 200 demonstrators have been arrested. NPR's Mary Louise Kelly has been reporting from Pushkin Square in Moscow. These protests have changed so rapidly, hour by hour. Let me describe to you the absolutely surreal scene that I am standing in the middle of right now. 50 feet to my right is a wall of police, um, and I don't mean police the way they look on the streets in D.C. or L.A. They are in full body armor, helmets, uh, batons. The batons notably back on their belts now, not out in their hands if they have been most of today. NPR's Mary Louise Kelly reporting from Moscow. Montana's congressman-elect is scheduled to appear in court at this hour to face a charge of misdemeanor assault. Greg Gianforte allegedly assaulted a journalist last month. Montana Public Radio's Corinne Cates Carney reports it happened on the eve of a special election for Montana's lone seat in the U.S. House. Gianforte initially blamed the incident on, quote, aggressive behavior from a liberal journalist, unquote. But he has since taken responsibility and apologized to Guardian newspaper reporter Ben Jacobs. On May 24th, Jacobs tweeted that Gianforte body slammed him, breaking his glasses. University of Montana criminal law professor Andrew King-Reese doesn't expect Gene Forte to receive the maximum penalty for misdemeanor assault, 
a $500 fine, and six months in jail. It's probably his first offense, which means he's going to get a deferred sentence. A couple of conditions, keep your nose clean, everything's good, it goes away. No date has been set yet for Gianforte to be sworn into the U.S. House of Representatives. For NPR News, I'm Corin Cates Carney in Helena, Montana. Stocks are trading lower on Wall Street. The Dow was down 69 points. The Nasdaq down 45. The S&P down 7. This is NPR News in Washington. A coalition of ethnic Albanians who were rebel commanders in the bloody war of independence from Serbia is poised to come in first in Kosovo's elections. Jomanika Kisses reports the nominee for a premier is wanted for war crimes in Syria. 48-year-old Ramush Haradine is a former prime minister and leader of the Alliance for the Future of Kosovo, which drew about 35% of the vote. If he's chosen, he must deal with Kosovo's high unemployment rate and rampant corruption. But he could also complicate troubled relations with neighboring Serbia. Serbia and ally Russia do not recognize Kosovo, which declared independence in 2008. Kosovo's nationalist movement for self-determination came in second with 27 percent of the vote. The party has tear-gassed lawmakers and thrown firebombs outside parliament to protest deals with Serbia and Montenegro, nations which, like Kosovo, used to be part of Yugoslavia. For NPR News, I'm Joanna Kakissis. Senior members in British Prime Minister Theresa May's government are continuing to support her leadership despite a disastrous election result for her Conservative Party. British Cabinet member David Davis says he has no doubts May will continue as Prime Minister. I have to say, I, I view all of the, the, this talk about the, the, uh, about the leadership, as it were, uh, as the height of self-indulgence. You know, the British people have given us an instruction. The parliamentary majority loss is delaying the Queen's speech in Parliament, which lays out the government's legislative agenda. I'm Windsor Johnston, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Visiting Angels, professional caregivers assisting adults at home in bathing, dressing, meals, and light housework nationwide. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Learn more at 1-800-365-4189. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show fit at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, our show is all about fitness, and we want to talk to you guys. I want to hear what you're doing to get healthier this summer. And if you have questions for our guests, we want to hear from you as well. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And my guests today, I have two. And I have Caitlin Zachary, who's been on the show before. She works for University Wellness Centers. Good morning, Caitlin. Good morning, Jesse. Welcome back. And a new guest for the show is Dr. Alicia Lee. She is an assistant professor of nursing at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and uh, a longtime friend and colleague of mine. 
And uh, she's here, and she is a success story of how making a healthy lifestyle change, being conscious of what you eat, how you exercise can really turn your life around. And she's going to share her story today. If you've got questions for her or Caitlin, please give us a call. Caitlin, I wanted to kind of remind our guests what it is you do at the wellness centers. So I'm a personal trainer at University Wellness Center on Lakeland. So I do assessments there, and I also work with people um, to achieve their goals for fitness. And you work with the Next Steps program, which to remind our listeners what Next Steps is. So Next Steps is um, a program designed for people who are looking for weight loss, um, have diabetes, have just specific problems that they need help with. Um, And we give them specific um, programs, you know, not for the average person, but for someone who needs a little more special attention. Okay. And, you know, I want to start out with a question I get all the time. People come up to me and they say, "Um, I need to get beach body ready because it is summer and I need my bikini. How do I get beach body ready? And is it a little too late to start on that beach bod if it's uh, if it's June already? Well, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but yeah, it's a little too late. Um, I like to tell people that a beach body starts in the winter, guys, okay? So the body you want isn't sculpted overnight or even in a month. Um, like a lot of these fad things are telling us. Um, so that happens, you know, months with months of hard work. Right. But it doesn't mean that you should wait until the winter no. to start to get healthy. No, definitely not. The easiest way to be beach ready is just to stay beach ready mm-hmm. all year long. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that you have to be super skinny, no. super cut. You just want to mm-hmm. be healthy. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how fitness can not turn you into some, you know, muscle bound, just ripped up person, but how it can just overall fit in with your lifestyle and help you be healthier overall. And that's one of the reasons that uh, Leisha is here with us today, because I wanted uh, you guys to hear her story and kind of her struggles that she's been through and realize that it's completely doable and attainable. So Leisha, tell us a little bit about kind of your your history and, and how you came to be a healthier version of you? Well, I am born and raised here in the South, and I love food. Me too. I like the bad stuff. And when I was younger, you know, I've always been a little pudgy, but never super obese. And I guess when I went to graduate school and hit middle age and pre-menopause all at the same time, I uh, put on a large amount of weight. And wound up with hypothyroidism, um, diabetes, type 2, fatty liver disease, um, high blood pressure, hypercholesterolemia, you name it, I had it, nothing fit, um, and I was very unhappy. And it was getting, because I was getting older, it was difficult for me to get around um, and to do the things that I like to do. You probably just didn't even recognize yourself. I really didn't. When I would see a picture of myself, I would just want to cry because I'm like, where am I? (laughs) You know, because I didn't look, I didn't think that I looked like that. But when you see pictures, it's so shocking. Mm -hmm. It can be. And, you know, I went through something very similar. You know, I had put on about 20 pounds after having my kids and and used to be very, very physically active and and all of that. And one day I just kind of looked at myself and said, who is that? person right there. I don't recognize her. I'm in there somewhere, but this shell on the outside is not not me. 
Caitlin, is that something you see a lot of when clients come in, they just don't recognize kind of who they've become? Oh, yeah, definitely. They get really they get really discouraged, which I hate to see. Um, and they think, I can't do it. That's too much weight to lose. But, I mean, you just have to start. You have to start somewhere, you know? I, I love that you said that's, that's too much weight to lose. Because, you know, one thing that, you know, as a healthcare provider, it's my job to help people set reasonable goals. And when you've put on... Uh, you know, weight, it, it usually didn't happen overnight. You can put that weight on overnight and it's not going to come off overnight. And so, you know, you may be 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight or even more than that. And to think of, I have to lose a hundred pounds. That is completely daunting for most folks. And in reality, I hope most folks are not even going to be able to achieve that degree of weight loss safely and in a reasonable amount of time. So, you know, do you have a recommendation on how much weight is beneficial to lose? Like what gives us health benefits? Um, usually what is safe is a pound to two pounds a week. Right. And I'd even stick with the one pound. Right. You know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but those one pounds add up. They do. They so, do. And, and those are reasonable goals. Yeah, those are reasonable goals. You know, anything, a lot of these fad diets and things like that, you're going to drop weight super quick mm-hmm. um, because you're restricting something. You're cutting out a whole food group, a whole category of of food, or they're super calorie restricted, and you are going to lose a ton of weight. But when you start to add those food groups back, or you start to increase your calories, which you're going to need to do if you're going to exercise, then you start to gain that weight back. And oftentimes we wind up tacking on a little bit more. So, you know, a good um, rule that I usually give folks is if you can lose five to 10% of your total body weight, that will improve your glucose patterns, your cholesterol patterns, and your risk of having a heart attack or stroke. So when you look at somebody who's, you know, 200 pounds, I mean, now you're talking about, you know, a 10 to 20 pound weight loss, which is completely doable for the majority of folks if you just, you know, get a good working plan going on. So, you know, I'm sure that you had some failures along the way in Many. your in your uh, in your struggle to to get healthier. Tell our listeners, like, how much weight have you lost? I have lost um, a total of seventy three pounds since uh, the beginning of March twenty sixteen. That's just phenomenal. But I know it wasn't easy, and I know no. there were some stumbling blocks during that, but also some things that happened before. Yes. And so, why do you think maybe you weren't as successful at other things that you tried? You know. I think because, like everybody else out there, I was looking for fast results, and I wasn't getting them. And I actually, back in 2015, I signed up for the UMC Wellness Plan, and they um, took me because of my BMI being so big. And uh, I had 12 weeks of um, free personal trainer and um, going to the gym as many times a week as I wanted to. And I took advantage of it. And I did the personal training and I went to the gym and did extra work. And I changed the way that I ate. I tried to eat healthier and make better choices and drink more water. And at the end of 12 weeks, I hadn't even lost three pounds. It was like 2.75 pounds. And I was crushed. I'm like, how can somebody work so hard? I mean, to the point of tears sometimes, because Exercise is hard. Exercise is hard. When you're big, it's even harder. And so I just thought, I'm never going to lose this weight. I'm just stuck with it, and I'm going to die from it, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, at that point, 
I wound up going to see uh, Dr. Vic at the Bariatric Weight Loss Center at UMC and um, talked to him and, and told him about, you know, the struggle that I had and how I had tried so hard and I was just so disheartened because I hadn't really lost any weight and I didn't feel any better and my labs were certainly no better. And he said, you know, you're a great candidate for weight loss surgery because you are motivated and, you know, you're smart. You can, you know what to eat and what not to eat and you know how to exercise and you know what it's going to take. He said, what do you expect to get from having this surgery? You know, you're a great candidate and I'd love for you to be a part of it. And I held up a bag of medication. I mean, literally like a shopping bag of medicine. And I said, I don't want to take this medicine anymore. I want to throw this bag away. And he said, we can do that. He said, we can definitely do that. And that, you know, you've got to go into those types of uh, procedures with that mindset that it's not about the weight loss. It's about improving your overall health and taking control of that. And, you know, from having been with you as you went through that journey, um, it's been uh, kind of eye-opening for me as well because I think a lot of times people think bariatric surgery is the easy way out that, you know, oh, they can't stop eating. They'll just have surgery to make their stomach smaller. Um, It is rigorous because you have to have you have to be in the right mindset for that. And you have to work really hard on on fitness and nutrition before the surgery so that you have the best possible outcomes afterwards. Exactly. And then the nutrition piece afterwards, you have to be committed to making really great, really healthy choices all of the time, not yes. even not even part of the time where, um, you know, most folks say, well, I'm, I choose good stuff 90 percent of the time. You, know, you choose good stuff all of the time, all of the time. And, you know, so it's really kind of a jump start for you. And so I don't want people out there who may be struggling to think that bariatric surgery is a failure or that they've kind of given up if that's the route that they have to go. It is a completely valid wonderful method for getting some folks who have tried all other avenues over that hump and into to weight loss. And so, Caitlin, I know you work with clients who are kind of pre-surgical and then post-surgical as well in the um, in, in the Next Steps program. If there's somebody who's kind of contemplating maybe doing a bariatric procedure or something like that, what are some fitness things that they can do to kind of get their body ready to, to do that kind of thing? Um, well, first of all, I'll talk to them about diet, like we right. just talked about. Um, you can't really out-train a bad diet, like they, you know, the famous saying. Um, that's 90% of it, y'all, is just eating healthy and, you know, making good choices, like they said, all the time. Um, and then the other part is, you know, working out, obviously, um, at least 30 minutes a day. It's not a lot, but it gets your body ready. It gets you, you know kick-started kick-started and that 30 minutes a day that's that's that cardio Mm -hmm. activity so that gets your heart rate up and you mentioned that you know it's exercise is hard work and it Mm -hmm. is is. and it's when you're heavier it's even harder because there's more pressure on your joints oh your knees hurt they so bad and when back you know exercise is hard enough when you feel good Good. but when you feel bad and it hurts to exercise it's even harder what are some kind of cardio things that folks can do that may take some of that pressure off of their knees and be able to kind of help them get a little bit more active um i usually steer people toward the bikes whether recumbent or you know um 
straight up bikes, whatever. Um, that, that takes some of the pressure off their knees. And that way they can still burn some calories and, you know, go get that, that heart rate up. Mm-hmm. And then the pool is another good option. Oh, yes. If you've got access to a pool, it's really good to take weight off of joints, but still keep the joints moving and get your heart rate up. I don't know about you, but when I swim, I am exhausted by the time I swim. Now, I'm not a great swimmer. I'm not, you know, I'm not a Michael Phelps or anything like that. But you really, you kind of think of swimming as a, a leisure activity. But when you really get in the pool and, and work with someone, then it can really get your heart rate up and, and get to work in that heart muscle there. So if you guys have questions about bariatric procedures or about um, what it takes to get ready for that or what the recovery is like, I know Lisa would be happy to answer any of those questions. And if you've got fitness questions, Caitlin's here for you as well. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can always send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the break. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You count on MPB News for in-depth coverage of issues that matter to you. The state's ongoing opioid epidemic. A bill to allow guns in churches. The child welfare crisis. And the best radio newscast in the state. Those are just a few of the stories behind 10 new Associated Press Awards and another Edward R. Murrow Award. For the award-winning coverage you've come to expect, count on us. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. Ever hear a news story about business or the economy and go, man, why do I care? Yeah, not on Marketplace. We've seen stocks go wild. Customer has gotten really impatient. Okay, first of all, we're talking about awards, Kai. I'm Kai Rizdal. It's the business news of the day. For the rest of us, it's next time on Marketplace from APN. Tonight at 6 on MPB Think Radio. you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show fit at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And I'm here with my guests, Caitlin Zachary and Leisha Lee. And we're answering your questions today about fitness and weight loss and really anything that we can do to help you make a healthier lifestyle change. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can always send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Before we went to the break, we were talking about 
bariatric procedures and how they can be completely valid options for folks who are needing extra assistance in um, weight loss and uh, improving their metabolic profile, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a little bit. So if you've got questions about that, go ahead and give us a call. We've got some open lines. And we're going to go to Frank in Jackson with a question or a comment about exercise. Good morning, Frank. Yeah, two comments. Sure. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. How are you doing today? Okay. Good. Uh, Let me make the controversial comment first. All right. Hopefully you won't cut me off. Well, let me have at, it. I look at getting bariatric uh, surgery to lose weight. In my mind, it's similar to taking out a lung so uh, you won't smoke so much. My personal opinion. Right. Now, from my experience, the idea of going to the gym and getting all hot and sweaty, I wouldn't want to do that either. Okay. What you need to do is go and get yourself a chin-up bar that you can put on your door. So I have lost 20 pounds Excellent. in two months because I had, had a blood clot and I couldn't do anything for like four mm-hmm. months by doing push-ups, chin-ups, squats, and curls, and I bought a little rubber elastic kind of thing. A resistance band? Yeah. Yep. And the idea is not to get hot and sweaty. The idea correctly is, yes, to get your heart rate up, and you do that by doing intensive training, interval training. You do 15 push-ups uh, and do them as fast as you can, and then you take a break. And then when your respiration gets even again, you do another 15 as fast as you can. And I found that to be the best way to boost your cardio without getting all hot and sweaty, and it eliminates all the... Uh, stress on your joints. Now, I also purchased a mini trampoline because my doctor said I was having problems with my immune system. She said, you need to get your lymphatic system moving, which is uh, it's similar to the red blood cell circulatory system. Mm-hmm. Lymphatic system, he says, is similar to the white blood cell. Right. So you get on the trampoline and just jump up and down on it. Five, ten minutes. And he says, that'll get your lymphatic system going just by doing that. And then when you get more confident, jump up and down and have some weights in your hands. So the idea of getting all hot and sweaty, particularly if you're overweight, I can understand why somebody wouldn't want to do that. The best thing I did was I gave up my riding lawnmower, and now I cut grass an hour a day with a push mower just to simulate walking. Uh, my wife likes to go to the gym, and uh, I said, well, you know, I'd rather be outside. So that's what I like to say. Don't try to get hot and sweaty. That's not going to help you. Studies have shown you need weight training and interval training that will get your heart rate going, build your heart muscle, and get your cardiovascular system going. And it's it's not easy. The hard part is putting your mind to doing it, like the, uh, the successful lady just said. That's the first thing, getting your mind set to do it. And I love the show, and I love that you didn't cut me off. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for your call, Frank. And if you guys want to call us, um, you can give us a, a ring at one eight seven seven mpb ring We've got a couple of open lines, and we're talking fitness and health today. And I'll kind of start with um, the, the first part of your question, because that is a, a viewpoint that a lot of folks have, is that... Um, you know, people have bariatric surgery to decrease their stomach size to make them not be able to eat. And that really used to be 
kind of one of the things we thought was what it did. But now we know, um, you know, there's, and this is a hot research topic right now. I have um, several uh, colleagues who are doing research on this at, at the present time, that it's not even about the volume reduction of food, that, you know, it's not that the stomach is so small and that that is, you know, just restricting the number of calories that you, that you can eat, but it actually alters gut hormones and things like that, that drive hunger, that drive weight retention. So, you know, it is um, really more... Uh, we don't even really call it weight loss surgery. We call it metabolic surgery because that's what it is. It it works on the actual metabolic system and improves um, blood lipid profiles. It improves blood glucose profiles and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, obesity and, and being overweight is such an epidemic now that we really have to be open and, and consider all possibilities when we're talking about people's lives. And, you know, if there are people that can get it done just by, you know, restricting calories and exercising, that's one thing, but there are, um, completely uh, real situations where metabolically the body just will not let go of that weight and we've got to have something extra to kind of get that jump started and going and then continue on that that healthy diet profile from there so you know I always want to make sure that we never kind of shame anybody. You know, it's always a struggle in getting healthier. And however uh, we can do it together is how we want to do it. We want to support each other however we can, because regardless of the the pathway that you take, having social support and having someone to kind of hold you accountable and keep you going is so crucially important. Now, I'm going to let Caitlin address the exercise piece. And I want you to talk, Caitlin, a little bit about resistance exercises, because that's a lot of what Frank was talking about with the the chin-ups, the push-ups, you know, that kind of stuff is resistance-based or muscle-building exercises. And then we had a mention of interval training. So I want you to talk to us about what interval training is and how it really takes a combination of things to have a truly um, complete workout. Okay. Hi, Frank. Um, The first thing that I kind of want to mention is what you were talking about, push-ups, pull-ups, stuff like that. So that is resistance training. That's using your body as the resistance, and that's perfectly fine. A lot of people, um, especially people that are overweight, like very overweight, they can't do push-ups like that. I have a few clients like that. We try to do some wall push-ups and things like that, but really every person is different, and they should do what you know feels comfortable for them, whether that's machines um, for resistance or water, like Josie mentioned, because that's very low impact for people and their joints. Um, a lot of people can't get on the ground and just do a push-up or do a chin-up on a bar. Um, that's great that that works for you, um, the high-interval intensity training. Um, so that kind of works as not so much like you were saying, do 15 push-ups as fast as you can, but what you do is like you do an exercise for 30 seconds to 45 seconds and then you jump to something else immediately and then you take a break and you do it all over again. So that gets, like you said, it gets your heart rate up, gets you, um, I mean, a lot of people will sweat. It just depends person to person. A lot of people sweat I more than sweat others. a lot. I mean, two songs into my class and I am sweaty where other people don't. So I try not to judge people's intensity by the amount that they're sweating. You got to look for other cues, the, right. the, how fat, you know, the, how they're breathing, that kind of thing. Right, exactly. Um, so it just depends person to person how much they sweat. But um, that's great. That's what you're doing. Um, I mean, that will get your heart rate up. It will get that kind of cardio in with the resistance training. Um, But like I said, it's person to person. Like if somebody wants to go out and just do low intensity cardio for 45 minutes, that's fine. That's, you know, on them. It's just, you know, whatever's good for each person. 
All right. So we hope that answers your questions. And if you have other questions, listeners out there about fitness and exercise and the difference between high intensity interval training and resistance training. And I want to talk about bone strengthening exercises a little bit as well. Uh, We've got some open lines and you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or if you don't want to be on the air, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. So there's a couple things I want to kind of follow up with on that. And one is, um, you know, the three big types of, of exercise. So we've got the cardiovascular exercise. We've got the resistance training exercise, and we've got bone strengthening exercise. Now, a lot of them are kind of combos. You kind of can do two at once when you do some things. But really, when we talk cardio, most people think hot, sweaty, you know, about to pass out. But that's not really the goal of cardio. It's not a race to see who can sweat the most because I would win every time. But there's a purpose to cardiac exercise, and it's about your oxygen use and how you're breathing and what that does for your heart and your lungs. Tell me a little bit about the the goal of cardiovascular exercise. Um, Kind of like you said, it strengthens um, your cardiovascular system. Um, So the more cardio you do, the more efficient your heart becomes at pumping that oxygen to your muscles because you're using your muscles, which requires them to have more oxygen, right? So the more that you do that, the better you get at it and the easier you can breathe when you're walking upstairs or just anything like that. Right, because sometimes we think about fitness as being you know, somebody that goes out and runs 5Ks or marathons, things like that. It's not. It's about having good activities of daily living. So I know before your weight loss, Leisha, we took the elevator most places because your knees hurt, you know, and now I have to run to catch up with you because you never take the elevator anywhere. How much easier has it been after you've lost the weight and you've started back getting active how much easier is it now to just do everyday things? Everything is so much easier now that I don't have that extra weight on me. I mean, I don't get out of breath. Before, if you and I walked over from the School of Nursing to the Children's Hospital, I was chasing She Josie. would say, slow down, slow down. <laughs> I could not keep up with her, and I couldn't have a conversation with her at the same time. I was out of breath. So now, like she said, she's usually right there with me. Um, I don't think she's really chasing me, but at least I can keep up with her and I can talk to her and I don't look lose my breath. And when I go over to 4C now, I don't take the elevator. I take the stairs and I about lost a couple of students last semester because they couldn't keep up with me. I know, I know. We're talking, you know, uh, four to five flights of stairs, depending on whether you're getting from the basement or the first floor up to the fourth floor of the Children's Hospital. And, you know, we often have, you know, eight to ten young nursing students who follow us around. We call them our little baby ducks because they just trail along behind us. And uh, she can out climb some stairs on those kids they're like we're not taking the elevator no we're not taking the elevator today and that's one of the things i'm so proud about at umc is now we have signs everywhere that encourage you to take the stairs and it doesn't even have to be all four flights of stairs my goodness you don't have to start with that i started with one flight yeah i mean you can take one flight and then take the elevator the rest of the way but it's about getting started and just, you know, pushing yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone and seeing if you can do that or, you know, park in a little bit farther away, which we often don't have trouble with, uh, you know, at, at the medical center, you know, sometimes we have to park 
kind of far away, but that's okay because it's kind of part of your exercise time there. You yes. get to kind of do it. And we've got some great little walking um, lap maps now as well at UMC. Yes. And I love to see everybody out at lunch uh, doing their, their laps and, and getting that in and making it more of a social event. But just don't be afraid to try something because you never know, you know, what is going to be the first step or the first day of making that really significant healthy lifestyle change there. Um, and, you know, I know that we've talked a lot about weight, but it's not just about weight. You've had such great improvements in your in your lab work as well and your metabolic um, profile is what yes. we call it. So you were taking cholesterol medicine, you were taking blood pressure medicine, you were taking blood sugar medicine, and those have gone away. Yes. Right? The last time I took those medications was the day before my surgery. And the only thing I take now is my Lipitor for cholesterol because I have familial hypercholesterolemia. You cannot um, out-exercise your family. But even those numbers are have better. improved because metabolically, I mean, I'm just much healthier. I had a huge liver and now all of my liver enzymes are back to normal and you can't palpate my liver anymore. So um, those were the goals that I was looking for. It wasn't to be able to walk up four flights of stairs at work or to walk up any stairs. That never even entered my mind. And I really, because I had failed so much before and I had such a hard time exercising. Nobody likes exercise. I still don't like exercise. Well, I, don't now, I, I like exercise. <laughs> well, because you're weird, different. Yeah. I don't like it, but I do it because when I do it, I feel better. You do you know? feel better, right? And I mean, a lot of times I'll start over to the children's hospital and think, I'll just take the elevator. And then when I get there, I just can't because I feel like if I do it once, I'm going to do it again and again and again. So I try to make the habit to do the stairs and it, it helps. And, you know, your friend, Rebecca Turner, I read her book, Mind Over Fork, and she talks about not beating yourself up when you do take the elevator or you do eat a piece of cake or, you know, eat something that you shouldn't or even just have a whole day of just eating bad don't beat yourself up. Just tell yourself, you know what? You did it. It's dawn. Tomorrow morning, start over. And that's, that's right. what I do because I do have days where I eat things that I shouldn't. Sometimes I don't feel so hot after I do that. So it's... Yeah, your body lets you often. know. <laughs> yeah, my, my body lets me know right away. But, you know, I just... It's not going to do me any good to beat myself up. For making a mistake and it's just much better to say you know what today wasn't that good a day but tomorrow's a new day and I can do this and mm -hmm. I get up the next day and I do better mm -hmm. and so it, it really is a mind thing and the surgery sure a lot of people think that it's an easy fix but it's not because they operate on your stomach not on your brain and I am still a fat person in my brain I love food I still love food just can't eat as much as I used to. And I can't eat some things that I used to eat because it makes me sick. But you know what? That's okay. So every day is a struggle. Every single day, I have to think about what I'm going to eat. I have to prepare everything in advance so that I do well. And I have to remember to get up and move constantly. And because of that, I've had that success. Not everybody is successful with weight loss with uh, weight loss surgery, and so it really is a daily struggle, 
even now. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if you guys want to talk with us about weight loss surgery or metabolic surgery or any of your struggles that you're having on your journey to be healthier, we want to talk with you and give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring We're going to go quickly to the phones before we take this next break and talk to Jerry in South Haven. Good morning, Jerry. Morning. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, good. Thanks for your call. How can we help you? Uh, I didn't have bariatric surgery, but I understand that some folks need it. Yes. Um, I've lost, as of today, I'm down 105 pounds. Fantastic. I uh, weigh 171 pounds, 5'11". Um, I did it, but in 2014, I went into acute heart failure and respiratory failure. Mm-hmm. And I literally could not walk across a room without help and uh kind of got sent home with uh, we've done all we can do right thinking i started looking for answers and for me what worked was that uh, i read a book by caldwell esselstein prevent and reverse heart disease mm-hmm. and the reason i read the book is i saw president bill clinton being interviewed about him he was one of the doctors he consulted when he changed his diet anyway Long story short, uh, went to a whole food, plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. No added salt, oil, or sugar. Well, a lot of people say, well, that's extreme. I can tell you that from experience that what's extreme to me is having a buzzsaw taken to your chest or right. losing part of your brain because of a stroke. Those things to me are, are way more extreme. And now I eat more than I ever did. It's just what I eat. Right. And I exercise daily, and I fully agree with the, the statement I heard earlier. What The way I say it is, you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet. I say the same thing, because it is true. And I firmly believe in it. But anyway, I enjoy y'all's show. I, I listen to it. I, I'm on my way home from cardiac rehab, because my doctors still want me monitored when I exercise. Good. And uh, I'm doing well. And you sound great. Well and, and, Everybody that's, that's dealing with this, I, I hope that they find a way to do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jerry. And, you know, I hope what our listeners are getting from today is that there are various ways that you can do it, but it can be done. And then when you're standing on that scale and looking at that number, it can just seem so daunting that you don't think that there's a way that you can get to that other side, that you're, you're too far gone, but you're not. There are ways that you can do it, and, you know, your health care provider should be there to be a partner with that. Um, there are great uh, personal trainers and exercise physiologists out there who are not in any way judging you. Um, I know that that's what a lot of folks think. They think, you know, uh, when I go in there and I'm overweight, they're they're laughing at me in their head, and you know, I have never met a personal trainer that did not have just the most sincere heart at wanting to help people get better. And that's what we're all here to help you do. So if you've got questions for our personal trainer or want to share your success stories or your struggles, we're happy to be here with you today. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the break.
Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Mississippi Public Broadcasting presents Shape Up and Read, a family fun day, Saturday, June 17th from 9 till 2 at the Jackson Convention Complex. Enjoy a live Bob the Builder mini show and meet your favorite PBS and MPB characters. Many hands-on learning activities and resources will be provided. Sign up for this free community event at mpbonline.org slash summer learning. Made possible by a ready-to-learn grant provided by the U.S. Department of Education to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. And I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we're talking fitness and weight loss and really just getting on that path to a healthier you. And if you have questions or comments for us, you can give us a call at one mpb ring or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And I've had my two guests with me today, Caitlin Zachary, who's a personal trainer at the University Wellness Center, and she's answering our questions about exercise and what types are best for us. And my friend Leisha Lee, who's also an assistant professor of nursing at UMC, is here with us today, graciously sharing her story about her struggles with uh, weight loss and getting healthier and how she's kind of come over that and get on the other side of being healthy and uh, she is sharing her story and her tips with us today and we've got several callers on the line so we're going to go to Jim and Jackson with a question about cardiac screening good morning Jim good morning my question concerns cardiac screening before beginning a rigorous fitness program yes I belong to a group and this group offers a group type screening uh, that will give you a picture of your heart uh, and they take you to a church, and they're set up to do that. Is that type of uh, screening helpful? Well, I don't know exactly what that screening entails, but yes, screening before starting an exercise program is very important. So, you know, um, if you want uh, to go to your regular healthcare provider and get medical clearance for that, that's always a good thing. Working with a reputable personal trainer um, at a gym, they also do a screening beforehand because we want to make sure that your heart is healthy enough for exercise and that you're going to be able to do it safely uh, and, and not have any limitations on that a lot of gyms use a questionnaire beforehand um, that kind of evaluates your risk of having a you know 
a problem during exercise, but cardiac screening is absolutely vitally important before having a, a an exercise uh, program designed for you. Caitlin, you have anything you want to add to that? No, definitely. We um, have a, something called a risk stratification, and we put you in a low, moderate, or high risk um, for a cardiovascular event during exercise. Um, and so if you're high risk, we definitely um, get you to talk to your doctor first to get clearance from them before you begin exercising. So absolutely. I hope that helped, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We can go to Bill and Olive Branch. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How uh, are you? Uh, well, let's see. I'm fat, overweight, out of shape, ornery and cantankerous. But other than that, I'm doing okay. I love it. Well, how can we help you today? Well, I exercise religiously. Okay. I do one sit-up a day. I do the first half in the morning. I love it. And and uh, I'm having a little problem because, number one, my BP is up a, just a little bit, about 10 points up in the 150 area. Okay. Uh, I uh, I do have a, a tad bit of COPD. Okay. And I am 150 pounds overweight. Okay. Now, I have a pain in my right lower back that I haven't been able to check get checked out yet, but I'm going to. Uh, and I'm wondering what would be my best route to get back in shape. Should I, uh, uh, I know I need to go to the doctor, but, uh, should I try bicycling, uh, on a stationary bike and in the house and do that and some treadmill, maybe just light stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, the stationary bike is a great place to start. That's where you, I usually start with some of my clients who are um, significantly overweight. Um, you can definitely even walk outside on a pretty day. Just do a short little um, walk. The good news about exercise is like for 30 and 45 minutes, you don't have to do that all at one time. You can do bouts of 10 minutes. So just walk for 10 minutes or, you know, bike for 10 minutes. Like you said, you have COPD. Um, so then you, when you need a little break, take that little break and then do 10 minutes again. Okay, that sounds good. That's better than what I've been hearing. And I just, I didn't know how I was going to do some of these things because some people have been telling me, hey, you know, you got to really get some exercise in there and get yourself in shape. And I'm out of breath just turning over in bed. Right. That's how bad it is. So right. uh, I, I heard you all on this morning. I, I tune in every time I get in the truck. And it's just like, you know, that's just what I needed today. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to, to help you today, and thank you so much for listening. And, you know, I just want to tell you that, you know, just keep keep trying. You know, that that's the first step is just, you know, find you a buddy that you can share with, you know, and kind of hold you accountable for, for doing things. But listen to your body and definitely talk with your health care provider, even if it's just by phone, um, to make sure that, you know, they don't feel like there's any limitations on things. But just like Caitlin said, you know, break it up. You know, we see those recommendations for 30 minutes a day. That does not have to happen all at one time. Um, you know, if you are if you have not been active in you know a long time and you're having that short of breath you know are you going to get significant health benefits from five minutes no but is it five minutes better than you were doing before absolutely so you know it may be that today you walk to the mailbox and back and then next week you're able to walk to the end of the street and back Um, because we just want you to be safe but we definitely want you to to be working on getting healthier and you know my I got I can't let you go without saying that the nutrition piece has to be there as well. Um, you know, exercise is there to improve your heart and improve your muscles um, and to maintain your weight. But you don't lose a ton of weight through exercise. It's more of a keeps you from 
gaining that extra five to 10 pounds that people tend to put on every year. Um, but the nutrition piece has got to be there as well. Well, if it's any consolation, I did weigh 400 pounds, and I'm down to 320 now. Excellent. Good. And you I are working on it. Tell you how, I don't dare tell you how I did that. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. no, I don't want to give anybody any, any bad ideas. ideas. Well, I will. It's, really not, it's a balanced diet, but it scares people when I tell them. Okay. Well, don't yeah. scare me this morning. But I will tell you, um, if you're looking for a nutrition plan out there, there's a free one on our website at um, mpbonline.org slash Southern Remedy. And you can get a good balanced meal plan there and uh, kind of jumpstart your, your health that way. All right. We've got a couple of other callers. So I'm going to go to Bob uh, in Jackson. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you? Um, I read recently that uh, one of the unanticipated side effects of metabolic surgery is an increase in the diversity of gut flora. And they were in some ways crediting this with some of the benefits of the surgery. Right. So my question is, is research being done into the aspect or the possibility of, of either augmenting or transplanting gut flora to address different uh, health issues and Secondarily, uh, is there a way that the average person can diversify their their flora without surgery? Right. So those are great questions, and you know it is a hot topic right now. The interplay of of the the actual gut bacteria that are present we call it the you know the gut microbiome, um, and how that interplays with different hormones that are uh, regulated in the in the gut, and how that drives hunger, how it drives. Um, uh, cravings and, and weight loss. So that, yes, is a, a big topic out there and a big um, research focus right now. So, you know, the, the big answer to that is we don't we don't know the full ramifications of that yet. Now, as far as, you know, transplanting gut flora, that actually, there is a few conditions out there usually when there's been some um, destruction of all the gut bacteria, uh, like uh, with a C. diff infection, something like that. They've done some gut flora transplants but for weight loss i've not heard of anything coming out um from that perspective now asking about you know diversifying your own gut flora without surgery well we do that with prebiotics and probiotics so um you know not all of them are created equal so you want to make sure that you get those from you know a reputable source with that um or just you know starting with yogurt you know yogurt one that is real yogurt not um if, if it's shelf-stable, it's usually not got active live cultures in it. But in the refrigerated section, your Greek yogurts um, or even your regular yogurts have um, uh, usually uh, lactobacillus uh, in them. And those are a form of um, probiotic that will help. And there are some um, packets of probiotics as well that you can sprinkle on your food and help with that. If you want some more information about um, the difference between prebiotics and probiotics and kind of really a little bit more about the research behind those i'm happy to send those out to you if you leave us um your email or if you just send me another email at fit at mpvonline.org one, one, one yeah quick question i'm fond of hot sauce is okay that, uh, is that detrimental to my uh biome well no i mean hot sauce is really just peppers and vinegar and a little bit of salt so you know it 
from a, a blood pressure standpoint, we don't want to go overboard on that because it does tend to have a lot of sodium in it. But it is a way to kind of kick up your food and get it to be tasting a little bit better. But it shouldn't really have an effect on, on the bacterial flora in your intestine. Thank you. All right. All right. We're going to go to Varys in Hattiesburg. Good morning, Varys. Good morning. How can we help you today? Well, I was just calling to make more of a statement. Sure. Um, I guess previous years I was I was dieting and everything, and I was taking like pre workout. Right. And I was doing like uh, the whey proteins and mm-hmm. everything like that, but it wasn't until this year where I decided to do it more natural. Whereas doing the fruits and vegetables, and instead of taking pre workout, if I did if I did take anything, it was like my coffee black. It was like a cup of coffee black. Right. And I guess for me. I saw a change in my body just going more natural and drinking a smoothie and adding, like, flaxseed and Thai seeds and um, even adding cactus to my smoothies because it helped kind of suppress, I guess, suppress the uh, hunger that Mm -hmm. I had and just snacking throughout the day, and it helped me. And I find that when you change your dieting, you'll you'll also see it on the fitness side, too, because you feel better and you kind of... It kind of makes it when you go to the gym, you'll see the results from the gym combined with eating healthier. And sometimes I think the mental part of it really gets to you sometimes. But people need to keep in mind you also have to have the nutrition with the gym, and you'll feel better about going to the gym if you're losing that weight. And they're kind of tied in together. But I don't know, sometimes I don't think people make that correlation. You're right, and you are right on all accounts. It is absolutely a combination of the two. As we've said, you cannot exercise your way out of a bad diet, and you need lean proteins. You need good, complex carbohydrates, fruits, and vegetables in order to run your body efficiently. Um, You know, sometimes folks think when I say lean proteins, I mean, you have to eat meat. You don't. There are plant-based sources of protein that are out there as well. So you can make um, any of the any any kind of needs that you have like that fit into whatever your dietary plan is whether you're a vegetarian or vegan or you know gluten-free whatever but the nutrition has to be there and for me you know if i've spent an hour in the gym then the thought of eating something bad for me it makes me mad because why did I just spend all that time to to undo it? Because, you know, an hour in the gym, you know, if you're doing treadmill, elliptical, bike, something like that, I mean, you're talking 250, 300 calories max. And, you know, you eat, you drink one Coke and that's 240 calories and you've just undone your workout right there. So thank you so much for that, Varys. And good job on kind of figuring that out and getting your mind wrapped around it. I want to go quickly and get our last call in. Rhonda and Ayuka. Good morning, Rhonda. Good morning. Um, so I'm 25 and I've had two kids. And um, what I weigh now is virtually more than I weighed when I went into labor with my with my son um, almost two years ago. Okay. And I um, like food cravings. I guess mm-hmm. it's, it's like the more I think about how I don't need to eat food the more I want to do it, you know, like when I, it's like, it's like cigarettes, um, the addiction, you know what I mean? Absolutely. If I should go to the doctor or, you know, I should do something different. 
Right. So you're absolutely correct. It is an addiction. I mean, it does. We, we've got functional MRIs that light up parts of the brain that are the pleasure centers of the brain when we eat certain foods. So you are not crazy. It is um, very addictive and you do crave certain things. So one is set yourself up for success and just don't buy those things and have them in your home. Because if you have them there, even if you think they're for my kids, which is the trap I fell into, um, they don't need it either. So just don't have it there and then you won't break down for that. The other is absolutely speak with your health care provider. They can help you work through those struggles. They can help you prepare emotionally and physically for um, kind of working on these food cravings. So I hope that helps you today, Rhonda. And we have so enjoyed talking with all of our listeners today. And thank you to my guests, Caitlin Zachary and Leisha Lee for coming on the show today and sharing their stories and their expertise. And thank you for listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Mm-hmm.